I'd like us to turn to our reading this morning, the Acts, um, chapter 17, and just to look at one or two thoughts uh, concerning uh, the verses that we read. Um, and I've entitled really this short message, uh, The Church That Never Grew. It's a sad thing actually, it never grew because it seems only a few believed. Again, in a sense, it's like the church today, which I want to talk about. Athens then, uh, to set the scene, we know as the home, or was the home of democracy. Capital of Attica, ancient Greece, it was now a Roman province of Achaia. But you see, it was well past its best. Because now, from philosophy, which it, it had been the home of democracy in history, it was now reduced to gossiping. It tells us that verse 17. They wanted to hear some new thing, something different to verse 21, the same thing. It's like today, you see, it's like the church. Everybody wants to find something that's different, but the, the word of God remains the same. There is nothing different. It's the masonry, it's what men try to implement where God's word is concerned. Today then, sadly our nation is a semi-religious one. It's now degenerated almost to a godless society. It's a sad reflection on the way things are. But even worse still, it's the church today that's not doing what it ought to be doing or called to do or set out to be where God is concerned. Even worse, this apart from the established so-called church are evangelicals, those who are supposed to declare the truth of the gospel. There's a negligence, it's sad. There's a need to get back into the truth of the word of God. This is where Paul stood against anything and everything else. This is where he stood, the truth of the word of God. It's frightening to me when even believers question the word of God. But it's true today. This needs to be stressed. It needs to be made known that the church needs to wake up and believers need to be true to the calling that God has called them to do and to be and to declare the truth. It's the two R's really that's required. It's repent and return. Repent if we're the going wrong and return to what is right. Verse 16 then, the first thing we see is this with Paul. He was moved, he was stirred in his spirit. Why? For the whole city of Athens was given over to idolatry. There was gods everywhere. And we know where the Greeks the Mount of Gods that they worshipped. They were everywhere. Wherever he looked, 
there was idolatry in every sense of the word and this concerned him it moved him by the spirit they needed to hear the gospel the good news of salvation against idolatry the only answer today you see how moved then or the church to be but a question arises to this how motivated are we how motivated am i to be doing something about declaring the truth when it needs to be known how motivated then ought the church to be for jesus as we know is the answer for the world today for every individual today for each one that acknowledges and asks him into their lives then verse 17 and secondly he reasoned with and argued with the jews why the jews well the key is in the scriptures they were the custodians of the word of god sadly they'd let it slip that added to god's word that which was not required it was the machinations and the thinking of men where god's word was overtaken by man's thought again you see it's all a parallel today with, with society whatever way we look at it jesus said you shall know the truth praise god the truth then will set you free you're not bound by idolatry by sin or anything else the truth will set you free when you know jesus christ as your savior and lord and he reasoned with those that should have known but they didn't and also this he reasoned in the marketplace to those who were gathered there it wasn't only to the jews you see paul's heart went out to everyone it was the whole city remember that it tells us it was the whole city not individuals it was the whole city given over to this this is what moved him he wanted everyone to hear the gospel the good news of salvation anyone that would listen greeks anyone who was there it wasn't only to the jews it was for everyone else to believe verse 18 and the third thing we see is this he preached jesus and the resurrection he couldn't preach anything else it was his life it was the way he was the way he is the god he loved the salvation that was his the salvation that was for all that's what motivated paul in this situation moved in his spirit he did something about it and that's the whole difference it was here he encountered the epicureans <coughs> right and the stoics in other words the wise guys if you like of the world the ones who thought they knew it all philosophism people even sadly some christians try to philosophize the word of god no don't just accept in simplicity the truth of what the word of god says and declare it don't be anything else or do anything else it's not required so very quickly then just out of interest 
the school of philosophy, Epicureans. It was Epicurus, 342-271 BC, he taught this. Pleasure, the true end at which men should aim. Experience of bodily senses is the safest guide. The Stoics, they were Zeno, 300 BC, and he taught virtue is man's duty. Call materialists as far as religious beliefs were concerned. This is today, is it not? Humanists, like today, full of materialism. What's changed? Nothing's changed. Sinful man will try to implement everything. The enemy, the devil, will try to frustrate people, turn them away from the gospel. But you see, we've got to turn people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Philosophy never did anything for anybody. It said, you see, the Athens gossiped. They'd lost so much when they had so much to gain. And the Christian church loses so much when they've got everything to gain. Just accept Jesus Christ and the word of God in its simplicity. Because that's all that's required. <clears throat> in other words then, beware of false teaching. How important that is. Guard against the falsity. Make sure you know the word of God. Make sure you know the truth. So we're able to combat all of these things that are oppressing the church and oppressing the nation and oppressing everybody that tries to do the things that please God. You see, these are important issues. If we can grasp a hold of, of a sinful, uh, idolatrous city like Athens and think about our land that needs the grace of God and God's mindful that none should ever perish but gives believers the opportunity to present the truth which Paul is doing then present the truth <laughs> you see <clears throat> plagued is the church today it's riddled with unbelief and falsity never mind the cults we know where they stand, it's the church that ought to stand. For God, these are important things. These are things to consider, especially in the light of God's word for today. Natural reasoning can never bring anyone to salvation. We know that. What's required is a response to spiritual understanding. Just open your heart up. Open your life up to Jesus and let him come in. See, this is what's required. Notice then what they said. Is this not a picture of this nation and the world and the church today? They branded him a babbler. They themselves were babblers. They were gossipers. What right had they to brand him like that? They were like that themselves, they were worse than that. And yet they did. How sad it is. They said, oh, he's presenting a strange God. The church today needs to declare the unadulterated word of God as it stands. Then verse 19. 
He was brought to the highest point in Athens. The, <laughs> there are, I can never pronounce it anyway. The Acropolis, we'll use the modern word for it. Uh, Sandra's rendering uh, in the reading was much better <laughs> to understand. The council, in other words, the council, right? For a full explanation, verse 21. Now there from verse 22, as an illustration leading into his Paul's declaration of the gospel, he says this. He says, as he was looking, he saw an altar to the unknown God, you see. You notice that, and he used that as an illustration to bring about the gospel message which he wanted to declare. You see, there's always something in human nature, of course there is, that seeks after something that isn't there, or should be, or could be, that they want to be. There's a void, you see. There's a void that needs to be filled. What's that void? It's fallen man, created perfect God's image. Fallen through sin needs to have the void, the separation from God fulfilled, which it is through Jesus Christ, God's own son. He fills the void that's there. And this is what Paul is really talking about. He says, listen, I'm telling you, this of a known God, never mind the unknown God, I'm telling you now of something vitally important to you that you need to, to know. Sadly, that image marred by sin can be brought back through salvation in Jesus Christ. See, the Athenians worshipped the panathon of gods. Yet a possibility of yet another God. See, that's, that's what they thought. They thought they had all the bases covered. Hey, we are worshipping every God, and just in case there's some God somewhere else, or whatever that we don't know about, will stick him on the end. How sad that is! That is what the church is doing today. The sticking Jesus on the end. When he ought to be the first. His by right. By sovereign right. Creator. Through salvation. Of every right. But that's what they're doing. Oh church. Just wake up. If only believers just get a grasp. Grasp of God. And get back to what God requires of them. This is a concern. This is a real concern because the nation is in need of salvation. What a day of judgment. Who would want to stand before righteous God and you reneged and didn't do what was required? Terrible, the judgment, but they don't see the judgment. They don't go that far. Would the God that by the Spirit of God, who's moving in hearts and lives and men and those that know him, just respond to that. See God and then see that future you'll have. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's what you want to hear. Faithful were you to me in all of these things. And that is where we want to be. And it's, it's an awful thing. But he says, this God is now made known. Only Jesus can and will fill 
the void if we ask him. You see, an activated conscience deals a death blow to ignorance. There's no excuse when you hear the word of God. There's no excuse when the way of salvation is declared. We have to respond to the message of Jesus Christ. There has to be an answer. He is the answer. But we've just got to allow him into our lives today. We stand without excuse. As a church, if we know the way, we don't declare it. But we ought to. Now just in conclusion, from verses 23 to 31, Paul's message of salvation just like today and every day and every generation, notice from verse 32 to verse 34, three groups in response to the message of Paul and the message of salvation. The first group were those who disbelieved, the ridiculed, mocked. We don't want to know. We don't need to know. So many second group those who were undecided another time they listened to him again another time second group thank God there's a third group those who believed but notice just a few and Damaris is named and one of the leaders of the council is named and it says just a few just a few when there needs to be more <coughs> that needs to come back to God so out of the three the question then arises in what group are you? <coughs> <coughs> 